Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and as always, we are presented by hashtag basketball.com. We are back after a long Christmas break due to a vacation and technical difficulties with a specific router of screwing up my life, but we kind of retooled. We looked at uh, the format we had with uh, doing box scores and decided you should probably know how to read the box scores by now a couple months into the uh, into the season. So I am joined uh, by Hashtag Basketball's very own Tyler Watts. Tyler, how's it going? Oh, it's going great, Mike. How are you, man? I- I'm doing pretty good. I'm glad I'm not talking to myself. <laughs> uh, I have someone to talk to. It's really, that's way nicer. Now two people can sound crazy. Talking about fancy basketball. Oh, I always sound crazy talking about fancy basketball. So no worries there. Perfect. So we've, we've been talking about like doing a, a different little uh, format, um, just trying something else out because the box scores, it works, uh, but there is a market for that. Some people are, are doing it every single day and they're really good at it. And I was trying to say maybe bring uh, maybe a different perspective, do uh, less shows per week, but talk about more strategy, talk a little bit more about trends people are seeing and maybe get into more specifics. So like maybe uh, talking about waiver wire pickups or trades that are happening in leagues or taking questions from um, uh, random listeners. And so that's why I brought Tyler in because it would sound weird if I was trying to convince myself to trade for someone. Um, also, Tyler knows what he's talking about. Uh, he is from formerly from the Daily Fantasy Basketball Podcast, where I originally was a, a guest co-host on. Um, but Tyler's been doing a lot of writing on hashtag basketball. Um, Tyler, where can we find you on Twitter? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Watsy4444. So that's my last name with a Y and then four number fours. Four number fours. That won't be confusing for anyone. Oh, they'll figure it out. Yeah, it's not that hard. Also, you can probably search Tyler Watts in Twitter. There's probably other Tyler Watts. There's only I, I, one talking about fantasy basketball. That's right. I'll, you'll find it. Don't worry. All right. Perfect. Um, let's go ahead and get started because there's actually some strange news out there, but we'll get to that in a second. The The big news around the NBA coming into this week was the trade of Kyle Korver from Atlanta to the Cavs. Um do you see this affecting uh, the Cavs rotation at all? Let's start with the cat with how how this would affect the Cavs first. Well, I mean, I mean obviously I think that Corver kind of fills that the J.R. Smith role a little bit. You know, he he's definitely going to get some minutes here. Um I'm interested to see what you think of him just from a fantasy perspective. Just obviously those numbers are kind of going down slowly and slowly and slowly. So so I'll let you riff about that for a second. Yeah, I've actually been always a real big fan of Kyle Korver, uh, simply because he's always a guy that's kind of overlooked, and he would go later in drafts, but then he was, um, you know, a three-point specialist, and back in the day when two-and-a-half threes was a lot of threes, and now that's like standard threes. Um, so the, the league has kind of changed around and, and lowered his value uh, in the first place, but... Kyle Korver is actually pretty good at getting the occasional steal, the occasional block, some decent rebounds. Uh, he's not a pure three-point specialist. He's a very good roto player. And I understand why head-to-head guys would not be as interested in um, Kyle Korver simply because what he's good at is taking select shots and hitting threes and never turning the ball over. 
while adding to your um, little categories. And over the last couple or, or over last year, he kind of fell off. He'd been falling off a little bit before that, but he really kind of hit a wall last year. He is um, 35 years old. Um, and this year he really hasn't been uh, kind of borderline. I, I call it, um, he's kind of on the uh, the cusp there. He's in the in the drop zone where maybe he's on a team, maybe he's not on a team in a, in a 10 to 12 league um, team team league. And this year I, I think he's been kind of someone who isn't owned in a majority of leagues or has been on and off the waiver wire, depending on people's needs for um, three pointers moving to the Cavs, I just, I, I just don't see his role changing very much than what they were doing in Atlanta. Uh, he was averaging, let's see, um, 28 minutes a game, 27 minutes a game. And, and kind of in that range with Atlanta and, I'm not sure he's even going to get that many minutes with uh, Cleveland, though. I'm not sure uh, it would be terribly different. Do you do you see his playing time um, going up, going down? They're probably going to utilize him, like you're saying, like a J.R. Smith type of guy. Yeah, and, and I think that the playing time's probably you know right around 28. I mean, maybe he gets to 30 minutes, but I, I don't even know that I'm seeing that. And, I mean, you get two threes a game from him, you, you're going to get a, a little bit of assists, a little bit of rebounds, maybe a steal here or there nine points um you liked it a lot when when he was shooting the good percentages but at 44 percent, i mean I, it's just hard for me to get behind would, would you say that's probably gonna go up though so i mean just think about anyone who's played with lebron in the past um if if we see the first couple games with kyle corver and he's playing solid 28 minutes a game um is he become kind of like channing i mean channing fry's looking great um with, with the Cavs. So you you would Channing Fry was I thought out of the league there uh, a, a couple of years ago. Kyle Korver is a better uh, player probably right now than Channing Fry is though I don't know Channing Fry has actually looked pretty decent but Channing Fry has been bumped into fa- uh, standard league relevance simply because of the amount of threes he's hitting um, and the, and he's getting the occasional um, some some rebounds and a steal and a block and that's kind of similar to what Kyle Korver could provide. What would you need to see from Kyle Korver over like the first couple of games to be like, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go snag him up in my standard league. Um, I'd I'd, I'd want to see a, a, just a little bit more three point production. So if he can get it up to like two and a half a game, maybe even three a game, and if he can get that percentage, the field goal percentage up to like forty seven, forty six, forty seven percent, I'd actually be kind of interested. Yeah, I think it's definitely got potential to. Um, if he's playing in the, in that I'm going to be a spot up shooter, which is usually what happens around uh, LeBron James, it just I think he just, we just got to wait to see how uh, the rotation is. But his uh, upside really isn't huge, right? So it's not like if you see a first game and Kyle Kovar ends up hitting four three pointers in that game and getting four rebounds, he's he should be owned in all leagues. He's still kind of a, a borderline standard league guy who, if you need threes, you should probably pick him up. But outside of that, I would say, unless Kyle Korver is going to be playing 30-plus minutes, um, I, I, I'm not getting excited to pick him up because his upside really isn't high. He, you, you've seen the player he can be, and it's solid. I'm with you there. This kind of leads into um, Atlanta and what they're going to do without um, – basically they got uh, Mike Dunleavy back. And Mike Dunleavy is not as 
um, ready to play as many minutes as Kyle Korver was. If if you looked how he played in uh, Cleveland, and that's I guess something to worry about too. Maybe Cleveland plays Kyle Korver like they played Dunleavy, which was which is a lot less. But do you think Dunleavy even has a a, a place? On the team, he actually didn't show up. If you if you've been seeing the tweets about it, he seemed like he was just not going to show up to Atlanta and had to have a talk with the coach before he actually showed up. Um, for you know, so that would make me think they they probably promised him some sort of role on the team. Um, I don't think that's unless it's like a thirty team league. I don't think I'm picking him up for fantasy in any way, shape, or form. But I would think that he's probably going to get to play a few minutes. Um, in Atlanta. So if your league's deep enough for anyone who plays a few minutes, I, I guess maybe you, you want to go for him. Yeah. If you're in a super deep league, I guess there's someone who's going to play a little bit. Um, I try to avoid those leagues simply because I don't want to care if Mike Dunleavy's playing. <laughs> I, just, I second that motion. It, it just seems pointless. Um, but this does open up a, at least 27 minutes to, to go around to the various wings which would be Tabo Sevalosha, uh, Kip Bazemore, Tim Hardaway, and I. I guess if you really, if they wanted to go big, uh, Mike Muscala has been someone who's who's played with standard league relevance so far this year. Does any any one of those guys stand out as the as the major benefactor? Oh, that is a good question right there. Um, I'm interested in Cephalosia just just in the sense that if I'm a, a steals-needy team, um, he's already getting 1.8 steals a game. Um, it's, um, if he could get to two steals a game, I mean, that would be pretty awesome. Um, he, had, he averaged 1.7 steals a game way back in 2008 when he got 31 minutes for the Thunder. So, I mean, he's shown in the past that he can be kind of a big steals guy. Um, so that's interesting. Um, I'm kind of interested to see too if they, you know, if they give Tim Hardaway more minutes. What 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 we can see out of him? Um, he's obviously young. He's only 24. Um, I, I've never been a huge huge fan of his game, but uh, in 22 minutes he is averaging 11.7 points. So if they get him up to 30, you know, that could be around 15 points a game, pretty close. So, what are you thinking here? Who are you liking? Um, I'm on the fence, I guess, is, is my, my main point. Yeah, I'm not seeing like a huge uh, swing in, in any direction with any of those players because I think we kind of know who all those guys are. It's not like um, suddenly Cephalosha is going to be a breakout guy. I, I like Cephalosha too. Uh, he's actually had a kind of a poor week or so or, or, or two um, where he's kind of been in a slump. But in Roto Leagues, which is what I normally play, uh, his steel production and his across the board production has been good enough to be owned. Um, I, I, I like still owning Tabo Sofalosha because I, I do think this opens up more playing time for him. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't seem like there's a front runner. They have had Kent Bazemore starting for weeks now before the trade, and and, and Bazemore hasn't really figured out where his shot went. Um, he is shooting a little bit better, but he's shooting 37% on the season, which is incredibly horrible. Even within the last week, he he bumped that up to 74%, but he's just he's not doing anything spectacular uh, across the board with in playing 25, 27 minutes. If anything, uh, if you look at the Dallas game, Tim, Hard- Tim Hardaway played a, a ton of minutes and had a, had a really nice game. 
Okay, let's let's see what he had here. He had um, he played thirty minutes, had twenty two points, five three pointers, two rebounds, and three assists. So it looks like they're 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 leaning on him at least right away to come in and play more minutes. Um, but is are are you excited about Tim Hardaway, or do you think he's got fantasy well, potential? I mean, he's young, but he he's never really been consistent. I think he he's a, he's a points and threes guy and like not a lot else. I mean, even even if he gets thirty minutes, what's he gonna average? Like half a steal and like, you know, two tenths of a block. <laughs> I mean, yeah, and like no assists. It's it, he's definitely someone who's um, pigeonholed into into that category. But that's those are two nice categories: points and and three pointers that are really nice to get out of a out of a waiver wire player, someone you can stream. Right, so that that's kind of what I, I would be using him for. Is if, he, if I do see him getting the minutes, I'm probably going to be kind of streaming him on and off just to get a few points. You know, maybe he's the like the last guy on my bench that I keep a hold of, but I don't really see any more relevance for him than that. Yeah, sadly, I like him more than Bazemore. Bazemore's just having a really bad year, and I, I don't know if he's getting out. I don't know if there's any chance of him getting out of it, and with his percentages being so terrible and not contributing hardly any anywhere else. I don't know how you can roster Bazemore. Even if Bazemore goes from playing, what, 24 minutes uh, a game to 30 minutes a game, I'm not seeing a huge production rise out of him. I guess I would watch him just to see what happens, but I just I don't see it likely anyone really benefiting enough to to significantly move up in the rankings on the Atlanta just because Kyle Korver's gone. Yeah, I'm with you there. So that leads kind of into Atlanta. Atlanta's other trade that's kind of been floating around is Millsap moving. Um, we've heard that Millsap has been uh, shopped around the league, and then recently the Atlanta Hawks came out and said, Millsap is no longer available for a trade. Um, does that make any sense? Well, I, I think we both know what that is, right? I mean, that's the whole, we're not getting what we want, so we're saying he's not available, hoping someone ups the offer to give us what we want, right? It it seems completely pointless because everyone is aware of the situation. Everyone is aware that Millsap is a free agent next year, that he's going to look for other areas, and that they either can get something for nothing or nothing. It's up to them. And if if Atlanta wants to be stubborn enough to be like, all right, Millsap, we want you to play out the rest of the year, and then you can walk for nothing, then so then how is that punishing any other team other than they can't have him right now? So I still think Millsap's perfectly uh, available for a trade. Oh, I'm totally 100% behind you on that. Do you, uh, what's, what's your, I mean, this is kind of stupid to speculate if he's going to get traded or not, but if he did get traded, who on Atlanta is the the prime uh, suspect to, to bump up in fantasy value? Um, I, I like to think it's Mike Muscala, right? I mean, but. Oh God, betting on Mike Muscala sometimes is is just a, is a very bad decision. But um, it might not be the best decision. But if they're if they have nowhere else to go, let's say if they're like in full tank mode, they got nothing else to do, and they're going like, all right, let's roll Muscala out there and um, play him thirty minutes a game. I think Muscala is fantasy relevant. If you look at his um, per thirty six, which is not the best way to figure out what would happen if he started, but a decent way just to see how it would um, extrapolate into a, a starting role. And that doesn't always translate sometimes like, you know, years ago, Brandon Wright 
everyone was like, man, if he just played starters minutes, he'd be great. And then he somehow played starters minutes and averaged the exact same. He was averaging playing 18 minutes a game. It was the strangest. It's a very strange thing that happened. Uh, but if you look at Muscala is 36, um, he's hitting threes. He's getting steals. He is able to pull down a, a decent amount of rebounds. He's not a, a negative at assists for for a big man, and he's getting a block, a steal, and a block a game is something that could be possible uh, out of Mike Muscala in in a starter's role. I don't see why he wouldn't be standard league relevant if he played thirty minutes and they were and the Atlanta Hawks said, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna roll with you. We're just gonna let you play with uh, Dwight Howard." I am a very much a closet Mike Muscala fan. Uh... He went to college just a few minutes down the road from from where I live. Um, so I, I've actually known about this guy for quite a long time. Following him around. Yeah, I've been, I've been following, dorm. following around for years. And uh, I, I think that the great thing about him is he's very efficient and he shoots threes. I mean, he shoots a really good field goal percentage and he can make some threes. Um, he just does a little bit of everything, which is always something you like in a fantasy guy. Yeah, his free throws aren't terrible. 76% isn't bad at all for a, for a center. Uh, it's not great, but it's it's one of those it's take what you can get. That's it's not like it's Dwight Howard bad, or even Kent Bazemore bad. So, I I think if you see Millsap, um, if you get the twit the Twitter alert that Millsap has been traded, just go pick up Mike Muscala, no matter what league you're in. I'll second that. Um, other news in the NBA today. Let, I'm going to go right to Twitter. This is breaking. Breaking news, no one knows where Derrick Rose is. And this might be one of the weirder stories or weirder things that's happened in the NBA and maybe in a little bit. Um, Derrick Rose came to shoot around and then left the arena, left Madison Square Garden, and nobody knows where he is. There has not been a statement released. And the latest tweet is from Howard Beck, who said, Joakim Noah spoke to Rose after the game and said he's okay, did not elaborate. Uh, Porzingis and, uh, said he was he didn't know where Rose was. He was worried. Uh, so did another next player. What, do you, what are you making of this? And, and what's uh, – I mean, it's probably too soon to say what's going on, but he somewhat out a few games. Do you see any fantasy impact from this, this whole ordeal? The first thing I want to know is how does a famous NBA player just disappear? Yeah, no, no one knows where he is. I mean, this just doesn't seem like it's possible, does it? If, at first, it seemed like very funny and absurd, but then the longer it went on, the more like I guess like serious it felt. With like, oh, is something really wrong here? Is he missing? Is he gone? And it, it, if you are an agent of a player who suddenly didn't just disappeared from a game wouldn't you want to put out a statement that would basically stop the the obvious negative press because the press always kills derrick rose for better or worse uh, usually for worse and and get ahead of that so you don't have this i mean people are piling on derrick rose right now uh, how he's missing this is now trending i think above at least on my twitter was trending above the national championship game so that's an issue i think if you are a manager or an agent not that we can get into a, a two hour long discussion about what i think about the management for derrick rose but um 
it's incredibly strange that this has happened. I don't know. Let's let's say the Knicks say, well, you still can't do this. You're out for a week. Are you going to p- go pick up uh, Brandon Jennings? Oh, of course I'm going to pick up Brandon Jennings. I mean, I think Jennings just offers a, a good number of assists that are super hard to find on a waiver wire. Um, usually when he starts, I mean, he can get you 10 or 15 points. He can get you a handful of assists, handful of rebounds, usually get you a steal or two. Uh, hits a couple three-pointers. You know, I, I just think it's definitely worth the, worth the shot on Brandon Jennings. Uh, even right now, before Rose gets suspended, and, and if nothing comes of it, then, you know, you just drop Jennings and pick up somebody else. Yeah, he's a, a, a fantastic streamer in any league, uh, any head-to-head league for sure. And I kind of like having him, say, if you're in a bigger uh, roto league, having him on, on the bottom of your bench, you need some assists, you put him in, you, uh, you kind of rotate him in and out with some utility players. Tonight, he started for the Knicks, uh, 20 points, four three-pointers, five rebounds, four assists, two steals. Um, shot 57%, which is not normal for Brandon Jennings, but uh, he is capable. He is capable of doing that. He's had better nights than that, uh, even coming off the bench, surprisingly. Um, so, yeah, I would I, – with just this news right away, I would I would add him in, in most leagues unless you're in um, a kind of a shallow roto league. I'd I'd add him in most leagues. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, did did you did you see this this Rhodes report that supposedly Rose is mad because they played Ron Baker over him in the fourth quarter of that game on Friday night against Milwaukee? Well, I think that's fair. I, who who the hell wants Ron Baker to play over them in the league? <laughs> I was gonna. Actually I'm not even say, mad now. I was actually gonna say I bet you half the people listening to this podcast don't even know who Ron Baker is. I don't know if I could pick him out in a lineup. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I could. Other than maybe for his lineup of other NBA players, because he, he's kind of. Uh, if he wasn't with NBA players, I could pick him up because I'd be like, yes, yeah, the tall dude. <laughs> I assume because he played for the Knicks. Maybe I'm wrong though. Maybe he's five nine. I don't. I don't know anything about Ron Baker. I think he's supposed to be like six two, but you know how they lie. I don't think it has anything to do with Derek. I mean, I've followed Derek Rose for a very long time. I'm a huge Bulls fan. Um, Derrick Rose has never pulled something like I'm just going to leave the the building even though I'm already here because I didn't like what happened in the game the night before. Um, he's not played because he's been somewhat injured in important games, which I was not a fan of, um, in, especially in his last years in Chicago. But that's completely different than I'm here for the game I just walked out of the arena. That's no one does that. And I don't, I, I'm assuming something serious had happened, especially um, there was another speculative tweet that he might've went back to Chicago. Um, so that sounds like something serious. So I hope yeah, nothing's let's, wrong with Derek Let's Rose. hope everything's okay with him. I always hope everything's okay with Derek Rose. I love Derek Rose. I will always be on Derek Rose's corner. Uh, no matter what, I don't care. Um, He's brought me a lot of joy in my life and a lot of not joy. Um, <laughs> let's see what other, what other news we got. We got um, Jeremy, we got a few, I'd say guys coming back from injuries uh, within the next couple of weeks, Jeremy Lynn, Clint Capella, uh, either one of those guys. Are you, I think Jeremy Lynn is at least two weeks out and uh, Clint Capella is, let me just look at the speculative. Um, actually, Jeremy Lynn is about six days out and Clint Capella's a couple weeks out. Is there anyone else? Are you picking those guys up 
if they're available in your league. I, I'd say Jeremy Lin for sure. I say I'm definitely going for Lin. Um, I think you know he he's another guy who's going to give you, you know, about six assists a game probably, which is huge. Um, and he was actually shooting a very good percentage with the Nets um, before he got injured. So I am hoping that continues, and I am definitely picking him up. And as for Clint Capella, um, it would depend on my situation. I mean, Capella's a very interesting guy to own in the fact that he is not a good foul shooter at all, and but he is super good at you know steals uh, blocks or no not steals I'm sorry uh, he's actually been really bad at steals this year but last year he was very good at steals um, he's getting a lot of blocks this year he's getting some good rebounds some good points and he shoots a phenomenal field goal percentage granted unlimited attempts so in the right build I am definitely picking him up as well. Um, I would uh, I would actually kind of uh, be a little cautious about Clint Capella. Because Clint Capella has been out for a, a little bit, at least a couple of weeks. I, I gotta go make sure I know what the hell I'm talking about. But um, he's missed two, about probably gonna miss um, two to four more. Yeah, so that's that's quite a uh, quite a few uh, games missed, and I guess they weren't really losing games when he was playing either. But they've developed a rotation in uh, Houston that I think they're very happy with, and I, I'm not sure how quickly or how smoothly they're going to just give minutes back to Clint Capella when they're winning. Um, but I'm going to butcher this guy's name. Montreal's Harrell. I cannot be how you pronounce that guy's name. I'm just, they, they always say Montreal, but I, I always think it's Montrezl. Montrezl. Montrezl is way cooler. I know. I, that's what I'd want to be called if I was yeah. him, but you know, he's, beggars can't be choosers. He's 23. He's been solid with with Capella out. Um, he's played uh, over thirty minutes in multiple games. Uh, he's averaging in the last two weeks twenty eight minutes. Um, not doing anything, I'd say, standardly relevant. Uh, but in the last two weeks, he's averaged uh, fifteen points, five rebounds, two assists, and and he's a fun well, guy to watch, right? I mean, the dude's a hustler. I like yeah, that about he's kind of like a. I mean, he's, he's pretty. He looks pretty decently defensively, which is not important. In Houston, Houston's scheme of not important to be good offensively at all, but it does seem like he plays well with uh, the ro- in the rotation, and I'm I'm not really sure they're going to be like, all right, Clint Capella, you're back playing 30 minutes. So I, I think Clint Capella's uh, value is probably dropping a bit the longer the longer he's out, and the better Houston looks without him. Oh, oh, I'll second that, but I mean, I think even last year, I mean, he only played like 19 minutes a game. Um, and he gave you 6.4 rebounds, uh, 1.2 blocks, 7 points, 0.6 assists, and 0.8 steals. So, I mean, I guess that's obviously not for necessarily a standard league, but in a deeper league, I mean, that can be pretty valuable. Um, So even in like 20 minutes, I think he's going to have a little bit of value, maybe just as a streamer if you need blocks at the end of the week, but he could get something in there. Yeah, if you're if you're a roto league, he's a little bit more attractive as well because if you're into the turnovers and the and the percentages, um, at least the field goal percentages, his free throw is uh, is actually shooting his best free throw percentage of his career at forty four percent this year. So that's embarrassing. <laughs> he should try the underhand shot or something. So, so mix it up a little bit. If anyone hasn't gone out, and I don't know if you've seen, have you have you listened to the Malcolm Gladwell underhand? Uh, free throw podcast. I, I have not. That is not that. what it's called. Um, 
I was gonna say I thought maybe you were making Malcolm that Malcolm Gladwell Underhound Free Throw. I wish that was a I would listen to that podcast one hundred percent. Um Malcolm Gladwell had a series of revisionist history where he's like, We remember these things from history, but let's go back and look at them, you know. Uh, analytically and just determine what actually happened. And he's got one on um, when Wilt Chamberlain, he shot underhand free throws. It was his best uh, scoring season ever. And a couple other guys were uh, shooting underhand free throws and he interviews a, a, a few people around that. And then it, they basically went away because it wasn't cool to do. But it, sh- oh, it, it he goes, there is proof that it, it works. I mean, like, if it was me and I was a terrible free throw shooter, I would just try banking it off the backboard every time. Like, I get the etiquette part of it, like, oh, that's frowned upon or whatever. But, like, at the end of the day, points are points, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, imagine if you are, I mean, uh, Dwight Howard. Or, uh, even Here's a better example because no one likes Dwight Howard. Uh, you're Andre Drummond. You get fouled all the time. You shoot a horrible, pretty bad free throw percentage. If you could up your percentage 20% by shooting underhand, you would be helping your team, you would be helping your career, and you would be a marketing darling. Every if you, everyone would be like, look, it's the guy who shoots underhand, you would probably get commercial deals. Like I I don't know how you don't spin that into something positive, into something uh, attention seeking. So why not try? Why not try it? Oh, I'm I'm totally behind you there. That's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. I would be the I would be the guy who shoot the underhand free throws. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I probably I probably need to playing basketball anyway. I'm not. Oh. I'm not good at basketball. Oh, I definitely would. I am. I'm, I guarantee I'm worse than you. Uh, we'll we'll play one on one sometime. <laughs> we'll play to ten. It'll last two days. Um, <laughs> two weeks, maybe. Oh God. Um, so <laughs> we're gonna try some. Uh, so that, uh, there's not a ton of other news going out there. We're gonna try some some segments, everyone. So watch out. Um, we are we are looking at um, basically stuff going on around the league and stuff that people might be interested in. One of our first segments is basically trends. What do you what are you seeing around the league? We're going to try to instead of saying every day like, "Oh, look, Ryan Anderson hit some threes today." That's not very interesting. And what's more interesting is to say, "Hey, Ryan Anderson is playing a bigger role in, in Houston's offense, and um, I actually think he's trending up, or I think he's hitting more three pointers. Therefore, he will be better in the offense as Clint Capella's out." That's more interesting when it comes to fantasy than look tonight. Uh, Ryan Anderson hit four three pointers. Congratulations! Um, and so we're gonna just bring trends to the table and you know riff on them until uh, you are tired of listening to it. So, um, Tyler, what what trends have you been seeing? Something uh, interesting player, interesting team, uh, anything that you're kind of following out of the corner of your eye with your uh, fantasy leagues. Um, I will admit one thing I have been following is Mr. Marcus Smart. Now, um, Mr. Marcus Smart is a very interesting man in the sense that he does not score a great deal of points. And some people instantly say, well, okay, he's not for me in fantasy. Um, As outlined by his 20% ownership in ESPN leagues. But this dude, I mean, I, I think he might be worth owning. Um. He's he's gonna get you some good steal numbers. He's gotten he's averaged one and a half steals uh, in both of his first two years and only twenty seven minutes. Uh, so one and a half steals a game, which is pretty good. He's gonna get you like four rebounds. He's gonna get you like four assists. He's gonna get you like one one and a half threes. I, I mean, I just I think I really like this guy. What are you thinking about Marcus Smart? 
Um, I've I've been more impressed because when I watch Boston games, uh, for some reason Marcus Smart would hit three pointers, and I was like, why is he hitting so many three pointers? How is this possible? Because the knock on him was that he was not a good shooter, and he's I mean for the year, he's still shooting under forty percent, which is where he was the last couple of years. But he's hitting a lot more threes than he has. Uh, actually, well, he's hitting one point three threes a game, but in the last a uh, couple weeks, he's uh, approaching two threes a game. Um, he's definitely on the upri- uprise here. And um, that started making me, okay, well, if he's hitting threes, maybe he's becoming a better shooter. Maybe that means um, his, his value is going up because more threes just means more value. He's 22. He's got a lot of room to grow. He, I think he should be on anyone's radar for sure. But with Boston, that's a really crowded um, backcourt. Isaiah and Avery Bradley are definitely going to start, period. Um, you do have their ability to go big and small. So sometimes they play uh, Marcus Smart at the three. Sometimes they play Dre Crowder at the three. And then you also have uh, Jalen Brown, who in stretches looks really, really good. Um, I, I think Jalen Brown, even though he's his minutes have kind of died off, he's, he's shown you know spurts of, of kind of being a, a very good uh, NBA player at, at some point. So all second bat motion. And yeah, in the long term, I, I guess we are talking about just this year. Um, I don't think we're, I'm worried about Jalen Brown um, taking a bunch of Marcus Smart's minutes. Um, but let's say if you're in a keeper league, uh, is, is Marcus Smart worth holding on to? Oh, now that's a good question. I was not thinking much about that, but I, I kind of think that Jalen Brown maybe takes the role of Jay Crowder a little bit and Marcus Smart plays a similar role to what he does now. Uh, first off the bench, first guard, first guard kind of playing a two, playing a three, playing a one, whatever they actually need. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think you've seen him playing that role. Uh, so far, so you're saying in the long term, it does. He's still got that same role. No big deal. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they 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 realize that, and and rightly so, that Isaiah Thomas and, and Avery Bradley are kind of their two starters, and I think that this is their kind of sixth man, whatever you want to call that role. I mean, yeah. Over the last two weeks, Marcus Smart's been averaging 30 minutes a game, and Jalen Brown's been averaging 10. So I think for this year. Nothing to worry about in, in, in keeper leagues. Um, that's, I, I'd kind of agree with you. I don't think it's it's much to worry about, um, considering you probably got Marcus Smart late or not at all, and Jalen Brown not at all in a, in standard leagues. I would say Jalen Brown's probably the better keeper, um, just to see what's going to happen to him. Just I think his potential is a little higher. But like I said, Marcus Smart is very young. Um, right, he's uh, twenty two. Yeah, about to be twenty three in like two months. And he's playing incredibly well over the last couple of weeks. And that's only because the shot's finally going in. Um, hmm. Would you own him in a 10-team league, head-to-head, Roto, both? Um, in head-to-head, I, I think I would own him. In Roto, um, the field goal percentage is a little worrying. Um, but, but I think if I had the right build, I could, I could stake him on the, bo- on the end of the bench. I think of, of how well he's playing right now, I'd have to agree with you. Um, his shot's going in a bit. 
he's getting more assists than usual. His steals are, have have always been very good, um, and it's hard to come by you know good steal guys, especially off the waiver wire. Um, I totally agree there. So yeah, go out and pick up Marcus Smart. Why not give it? You, this is something I do talk about often, and I think you agree with it. Um, is that you should always have room on your team to pick somebody up. Oh yeah, no doubt. You should. Have, at least two, if not more, players on your team um, that you're like, yeah, I could just drop this guy anytime, anywhere. No one cares. Oh, yeah, because you never know who's going to come available, who's going to get a different role because someone gets injured, you know, who's going to get traded and maybe get 30 minutes a night. And you want to be the guy owning that person. You don't want to be the guy going, oh, I can't believe my buddy got him and now I'm losing the league. Yeah, you don't want to miss out on Otto Porter or Draymond Green a few years ago which happened to a lot of people who had, oh, man, I had the best draft ever. Well, it's like, yeah, but you won't drop Greg Monroe, who might be on your bench and you had a really nice draft, but you missed out on Draymond Green or you missed out on, you missed out on Otto Porter. I totally agree there. Um, I, I, I fully believe that if you have a team where you go all the way down to your bench and they're all startable, they're all really good guys, you – or doing yourself a disservice and you should actually go out and trade. If you have a guy on your bench that could start on someone else's team, well, there's value there. Hey, there, that, that means someone you have value and somebody else needs go and trade with that person. Oh yeah. And, and those are the best kind of trades to make. Cause you can make kind of a two for one there and get yourself a real stud, which is always the best thing to have in fantasy. Right? Yeah. And I think uh, uh, either in this show or next show, probably next show, because uh, we are going to try to, do some hypothetical trades because like trades are like the hardest thing to give advice to people on, I think, because you just, it's like, all right, tell me the roster of your team. Tell me the roster of the other guy's team. Tell me your standings. Tell me who's on the waiver wire. Now tell me the roster of like two other people. And then I could give you a proper, and that's just a, a poor way of, that's the only proper way of giving good advice about a trade. Um, instead, I think we're going to try to approach it. Like convince me to take, x like what would it i need to do for you to give me steph curry or what what needs to happen and we can go through all the different scenarios and hopefully that gives people a better idea of of how to trade because i think i I get a lot of questions about trades and it's it's incredibly hard to answer without having a a two-hour discussion with the person which i really don't want to do no offense to you guys listening just attack the listeners that's a good idea I mean, I'm I'm behind you in in uh, a big way in the sense that, you know, I don't really know what you need to get to where to win the championship. You know, if your team already has a million threes and you're trading for a guy whose primary category is threes, like for example, a Clay Thompson, that's not really helping you as much as another player potentially would, even if that player is a worse player overall. Yeah, I mean. That's like kind of a, I would say, the in, at least intermediate strategy where year after year, it does seem like a lot of people are new to fantasy basketball. And once they get the basics down, it's it's hard to go from, all right, I'm following proper, you know, like pickups and I'm, I'm figuring out how to, to play the league versus like, all right, now I need to know how to, you know, manipulate other people or uh, what to watch for in certain situations. And, and that could be helpful for people who are trying to take the next step in, the, in their in their leagues. Uh, a lot of people are probably just getting by by picking up the right guy because half their league probably isn't paying attention anymore because <laughs> they're probably watching the national championship game instead of the Bulls game like I was. 
But if you're in adva- if you're in leagues with people who are really really into basketball, uh, just picking up the right guy isn't going to cut it. Totally agree there. Um, one of the things I've been following over the last couple of weeks, actually, I've been following it a little bit longer, is Justice Winslow. And I was actually really hyped for the return of Justice Winslow, and I really don't know why. Um, it's just a I have this theory that uh, Miami wants to make Justice Winslow their point forward, and you could see it actually when he came back, uh, though it was a brief uh, return where, you know, he had a six assist game, five assist game, five assist game. They were putting the ball in his hands more. They were kind of running more offense through him. Um, And I have this, uh, you know, I I think he's got the tools across the board when it comes to counting stats, Um, you know, steals. He has the ability to, to, to block everyone. Every once in a while gets good rebounds, gets, and he could get good assists. If he can get a shot down, this guy could actually be a fantasy stud. He's not. He's shooting absolutely horrible, and then he's now injured uh, for the rest of the year. And so that kind of led me to saying, all right, well, now what's going to happen to Miami uh, without Justice Winslow? And luckily we've gotten at least a, a already a picture of what they did without Justice Winslow already. But now we're talking about the rest of the year and, and what direction they're going to go in. Um, I've been – Already on Tyler Johnson, I think Tyler Johnson should be owned in all Roto Leagues, head-to-head leagues, all leagues across the board. He's doing enough um, in each category to to be, to be warrant to be owned. They're playing him 30 minutes a game. Even if he's coming off the bench, they're playing 30 minutes a game. But other than that, that rotation's been in flux. And now we have like the emergency. Willie Reed's playing uh, well for some reason. Uh, I'm not terribly excited about that. Um, Josh... Um, Richardson comes and goes. James Johnson comes and goes. Uh, Gorgon Drogic comes and goes and might be going for sh- for real. And and then you got Hassan Whiteside who's been weird. I don't know what to make of this Miami team. I really, really don't. Uh, what is your, your take on Miami without Justice Winslow? Um, it makes me scratch my head. It drives me a little nuts. It's the hardest team to figure out in the league, I think. Um, yeah, I'll second that. Um, I'm with you 100% that Tyler Johnson is definitely a guy that should be owned in all leagues, pretty much regardless of the size of the league and the type of the league. Um, I'm interested to see what you think his actual shooting percentage should be. Because we've had a year where he shot 41.9 as a rookie. We had last year where he shot 48.6%, and then this year he's back down to 42.6. So that puts him at his career of 44.2. I'm going to see where you fall on that spectrum because I have racked my brain trying to figure that out for a while now. Well, he's, he's 24, and uh, I'm not going to go look at what he did um, if wherever he went to college at. But I, I tend to, to favor – I tend to be pessimistic, so I tend to favor the lower number, um, and especially when it's it's an outlier. When I mean, you only got three years to to rely on, and it's 42, 48, 42. So it's I don't 42. Think, I think it is, since he has the ability to shoot forty eight, that forty two is at least safe. It's not going to suddenly be thirty six. Um, and if anything, it could be 44, but I, I do think it's, cl- it's closer to 42. I, I do, th- I, I don't think he's going to suddenly 
uh, unless, I mean, like I said, he's 24. He has a chance to work on a shot. There's always a possibility he shooting is hard to figure out, but it's something people f- have figured out in the past. Um, so long-term wise, uh, I-, I like his potential. I like his ability. And I, I do, if he suddenly shot 45, 46% on for the rest of his career, it's not going to shock me, but until he proves something, I, I would say that 48% is an outlier. I'm, I'm with you there. Um, the other guy that I'm, I'm interested in um, is Josh Richardson, I guess, um, if, if I'm going to pick one of those other guys to kind of want to own. Um, he's hurt right now, so that's obviously not, not the best. Um, but I think this guy has some potential, especially if he can get that field goal percentage at a reasonable level. He's only shooting 39.4% this year, which is bad. Um, but if he can get that up, he shot 45 last year, only on five attempts a game. So um, it's hard to go by that really at all. Um, but I think this guy could be a good, you know, kind of points and threes guy, give you a few assists, give you a few rebounds, give you a steal a game. And I think he could be worth owning if everything kind of comes together and he can stay healthy. Yeah, I would, I'd actually kind of say that's the reason I don't like him is that he is kind of a – he gets some threes, he gets some assists, he gets some steals, and he shoots poorly. And there's a lot of guys who who, who do that, and they do it every night instead of uh, Josh Richardson, who kind of falls off occasionally, kind of occasionally has a really, really nice game, but occasionally has a dud, um, has had already been out with an injury before uh, this current injury during this year, and has seen – at least some consistent playing time, which is, is good to see, but not consistent production. And I, I think you can find guys who do very similar things um, who are probably a little hanging out around the waiver wire um, that Josh Richardson also does, but doesn't do it as consistently. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll agree with that. Um, I just think that there was a good trend going there of about 10 games where he was over 35 minutes every night. Um, and anyone who's getting that kind of crazy minutes, I mean, eventually they fall backwards into something <laughs> at some point. True, and they're they're giving him an opportunity. So it's not like um, it's not like he's Brandon Knight. It's not like he's coming um, off the bench. He's actually starting. Uh, it's not like he's playing limited minutes and sometimes playing you know five minutes like Greg Monroe every once in a while. It's it's he's getting the opportunity to produce. So I guess that does put him ahead of people who aren't. I'll second that. I think you can, you can find people like him. And he's young and he does have potential. Um, I actually kind of like James Johnson more. And I've, I, he's not young and uh, he's not. And this is a, a bias towards my Roto League. Um, well, my Roto League bias. Um, I think Roto Leagues are superior. And I like James Johnson because he fits a Roto League very, very well. Um, over the last couple of weeks, he's only been playing about 26, 27 minutes, but he's averaged 15 points, uh, close to two and a half threes, five rebounds, three assists, 1.3 steals, and 1.3 blocks over the last two weeks, shooting uh, 49%, which he can do, and his free throw percentage isn't great. And he's turned the ball over way too much, but um, I like – James Johnson because it's much harder to find. It's like you can find guys who shoot threes and get 
a rebound and some assists. James Johnson does that, and he gets over a steal and a block, around at least, around a steal and a block a game, and that's not a fluke. Uh, James Johnson, when he plays heavier minutes, heavier minutes, uh, when he was in Memphis, when he's in Toronto, he does average around a steal and a block a game and can average more than that uh, when he's playing full starters minutes. Um, yeah, no, he is a very interesting guy with a very lackluster career as far as games played. Um, so that yeah. part that part worries me um, a little bit about owning him, but I agree with you. When he's healthy, he's stealing the block. Huge value in that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I could see picking him up and, and rostering him while he's uh, out there playing. So I guess the, the negative there is if I, I go look at his minutes played, he, and unlike um, Just Richardson, he has had the occasional game where he plays 18 minutes, 17 minutes. Um, and Josh Richardson really is, is, is consistently playing close to 30 or above 30, uh, especially lately. But I think that across the ability to do something across the board to me outweighs uh, Josh Richardson's playing time. Um, both of those guys I, I would throw into the same category as they're near the drop zone. Maybe you pick them up, maybe you don't. Oh, yeah, I'm totally, super, totally with you there. They're not terribly exciting. Um, but I'd, I I would pick up James Johnson in, in any league right now just because of the way he's playing. Just Winslow's out, and they have no – I don't know if they really have a choice but to, to play James Johnson a lot more minutes um, or, or give him a bigger role at the very least um, on this oh, team. Come because on, you're not wanting to play Luke Babbitt? Come on. Nobody, nobody wants that. Nobody wants Luke Babbitt to, to show up. <laughs> Um, Rodney Magruder, what do you think about that guy? Just throwing it out there because the first time I saw him uh, in a game, I was like, that's not a real person. Um, here's how much of a basketball degenerate I am. I watched pretty much all of their summer league games and saw this guy play and play oh, pretty well against the whatever you want to call that competition in the summer league. I won't say it because it's probably something bad. Um, <laughs> He is a hustler, but not not a real NBA player. I don't think. Like he knows how to play basketball, and he's going to be a Dela, a, a poor man's Della Dova. Oof. A poor poor man's Della Dova. Wow. If, have you seen the the Della Dova shoe commercial? Yeah. Oh my god! I thought that was fake. I thought that was as fake as Rodney Magruder's name. <laughs> Um, it probably is. Rodney Magruder does not sound like a real guy. He sounds like a like somebody you'd see in a, a terrible comedy movie. Yeah, the, M- McGruber is a real <laughs> movie. A little underrated too. Everybody go watch that movie. I have Although, not seen that, so underrated. That's underrated. I might have to check that out. Maybe be in the right frame of mind as well. That always helps. Um, so we do have another segment. We're we're testing out these segments, and uh, our the one I this is the one I came up with because it's got bad grammar. It is why you own him, where we will present a guy who is owned in a majority of either ESPN or Yahoo leagues. We're not going to discriminate, um, and then we got into discussion. Um, what's wrong with these? Has anyone ever been able to figure out the percentage, the correct percentage owned in Yahoo or ESPN? That number's never been right ever, has it? No, no, it's always seems just completely and utterly insane. 
So if it's it's like a bad benchmark because it's either like 50% of the people who play this stop playing after they draft or something and they continue to put that in the number, which I would feel if someone has made no moves transactions, they would they could easily take that data out. But if you haven't noticed, I'm sure everyone who plays fantasy basketball or has listened to a fantasy basketball podcast has noticed, ESPN does not care about their fantasy basketball product terribly terribly well. They're not putting a lot of man hours to it. So I'm not surprised they're not like picking and choosing the percentage owned and, and trying to get that down to a science. Oh, yeah, no. And, and I think that it's just always so crazy to me how like the – just everything seems so backwards. Like, like you think, oh, this guy should be owned like seventy-five percent of leagues, and it's like twenty. And you think, oh, there's no way this guy's owned in like any leagues, and it's like seventy-five. And you're going, like, I don't understand. Yeah, like you're saying, Marcus Smart. Yeah, twenty percent. It's like hardly owned, hardly owned in any leagues. Um, my my first, why you own him? For you, I didn't ask you why you own Rajon Rondo. Why does anyone own Rajon Rondo? He's um, at seventy-seven percent. I don't know if I want you to give me like, if I saw he was on your roster and I was like, man, why you got Rajon Rondo on your team? And you have to like justify it, or if you just want to be like, don't do it, go in any direction you want to here. But why do you own Rajon Rondo? Why do seventy-seven percent of people own him? Seventy-seven percent of people must not be playing fancy basketball, <laughs> okay? Because what? I mean, you're you're a Bulls fan, so you probably know this more than anyone. They're not going to play this guy, right? I mean, that's just not going to happen. They never should have. That's what I mean. Well, I mean, like, I get it. Maybe they thought him and Butler was going to be a good pairing. But once they got Wade, like, that that just was not never going to happen. It was never going to happen. And where did where is he going to go? Even, like, he's saying, oh, he wants a buyout if he's not going to play. Like, who, who wants him? He I, He's a completely worthless asset. So I actually uh, – someone pinged me earlier today asking – Hey man, I got Rondo on my team. What should I do? And I was like, Oh my god, man, um, get rid of him. Like I was like, Do you are you in a league with any other Bulls fans? Maybe you can be like, Hey man, Rajon Rondo. Um, but if I, it's probably harder to sell Rajon Rondo to a Bulls fan than it would be to anyone else. Yeah, I mean, it's the if, first reverse, you know, team bias in fantasy history. If you're going to sell Rondo, what you sell is this is a great assist guy, right? Because, I mean, he goes for assists to the detriment of his team. Um, but I don't know that anyone's buying it. I mean, he hasn't played in, what, like a week now, a week and a half? I mean, how long has it been? Yeah, he hasn't played in the last five games, and they are coaches' decisions not playing. Um, that's, I mean, the writing's on the wall. The guy's gone, or if he's not gone, he's... And, I will I will give Rondo credit. I've always hated Rondo uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, mostly because he threw Kirk Heinrich into the scores table and then get ejected from a playoff game. But uh, he's not being a complete tool about not playing. He's not happy about it, and he stated he's not happy about it. But all the other reports say like he's. It's not like he's not coming to practice or not being um, you know cool with his teammates or, or trying to be a pain in. He's he's trying to work it out diplomatically, which I will I guess I'll give him credit for that. Um, and if you see if you go look at the last time he played, which was in mid December, he's got multiple ten assist games, um, close to you know poor man's triple doubles, you know seven nine and ten with two steals, ten fourteen and eight with three steals. He's capable. 
if you if Rondo went somewhere where they didn't care about playing basketball and they wanted to be the they wanted to tank or something, that's the only team we could trade into was a tanking team. Um, 76ers. Hmm. Maybe for oh, that was that would be interesting. Nerlens Noel. Uh, but Rondo would be pissed going there. So, if Rajon Rondo went to a team where he's going to play thirty-two minutes a night, guaranteed, would you would you still own him? Oh, I would own him. I mean, just because I the assists are going to be there. Um, the assists have always been there. It, it, even if it's detrimental to the basketball team, I mean, he he hunts for those assists. Um, but he's not a good player anymore. And I just don't see anyone. I mean, like why would a rebuilding team play this guy? He's shooting under 40% this year. He's played in 29 games. He's averaging 30 minutes a game and in, and he's not getting close. He, he did not get anywhere near his uh, two steals a game from last year. He didn't get, he occasionally had really good assist nights, but he averaged 11 assists a, a game last year. He's only averaging seven this year. And there's a five minute difference between what he played this year and what he played last year. And there's also a difference that no one on the bull scores like Boogie cousins and no one can shoot, but so it could be a little bit of that. Um, if he, if he goes to Philly and plays 33 minutes, is he ownable in, in all standard leagues or just standard leagues where you just don't care about your fee, uh, points and free throws? And turnovers. Oh. I mean, he's probably ownable in all just because he's going to get a boatload of assists, but I wouldn't be excited about owning him. Um, I'm interested to see if he plays tomorrow. You think he plays tomorrow? No. <laughs> no even, even with Wade out? Even with Wade and, with Wade and Butler out, both. You, you um, still don't think they're going to play him at all? I don't think they should. He's not part of the future. I mean, that's kind of a cold thing to do, but I don't think they should. I was oh. actually – Kind of excited to see the the Bulls bench play tonight, just to see what we have. Like, is is Bobby Porter? Can Bobby Porter play a whole game? That'd be nice to know. I mean, he probably can, but um, give up forty points. So best crazy eyes in the league, though. He does. He does have the best crazy eyes. Um, <laughs> so, for all those people who are waiting for Rondo to get traded, even though it's probably not going to happen, I guess that's the only reason you're holding on to Rondo. And and that's that's the part of it, I guess, is my big point is I just don't see anywhere where he's gonna get big minutes. Like I don't see any team that will trade for him that's gonna play him big minutes. And so I can't I can't name one team. That's what not I'm thinking. One. And so I just don't see any way you own this guy. Not the, not two t- the two teams that he might go to are teams he just left from and burned the bridge on the way out. Exactly. He's not going back to Dallas. He's not going back to Sacramento. I could see them needing a point guard. Um. Yeah, I can't. And, Denver. And, I don't. I don't see that really. And and Philly, like I think they want to play Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons is going to come back at the end of this month, and they're going to want to be let him be the point guard. So they're not trading for Rondo either. I don't think. You think Ben Simmons is going to come back this year? Oh yeah, I think Ben Simmons is going to play at the beginning of next month. If Ben Simmons is sitting around on a waiver wire in a in a twelve team league. Worth worth holding on to in a in a roto league. I would uh, or head to, or both do both roto and head to head. It's a little easier um, to hold on to somebody in roto. 
yeah, in Roto, I, I, I think I definitely would. In head-to-head, probably not quite yet, just because you're probably going to miss like about a month of production, and that can be a lot in a head-to-head lead. Now, maybe if I'm way ahead, like if I'm weighing first, I might pick him up. Is that kind of your rule of thumb? If you if you got a lead, or if you're not too worried about missing some games, or if the talent's, yeah, I mean, if the talent's right. That's what I mean. I think he's a big enough talent that if you're the, if you're ahead, then you can afford to maybe miss a little bit of production in the short term. He's a big enough talent to make that payoff in the playoffs when you need him. It's gonna be a fun team next year. No. Oh yeah, that they're, they're already kind of a fun, fun team, team now. Yeah. So who I mean. do you, so, um, who do you got for me for um, why you own him? The the best segment of the new year. Oh, this is a good segment. <laughs> I, I, I will agree with that. Um, all right. So why you own him? Owned in sixty two percent of leagues. It's Brandon Knight. Oh. Why are you own a brand tonight? Nostalgia? <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how anyone's owning Brandon Knight in, in a standard league, anything outside of like a 14-16 team league. Um, I don't know how anyone's owning Brandon Knight this year. He's not playing on this team. He's Not only is he not playing, it's like incredibly inconsistent where he could play 28 minutes one night and play eight minutes the next. Um it's hmm. I guess the issue is is that if he did if he was able to play 30 minutes a night, he would be fantasy relevant. When he does play decent minutes, he is fantasy relevant. But he's oh, no not, doubt. He's not fantasy relevant when he's stuck behind a bunch of other players on Phoenix who are better than him and who they'd rather see play and they'd rather get minutes for. I don't know how, I don't know why anyone's owning Brandon Knight unless they think he's going to get traded. It's a similar situation to Rondo, except for Brandon Knight could actually get traded. Brandon Knight has value. The Bulls should get Brandon Knight. How about that? Trade Rondo for Brandon <laughs> oh. Knight. It's not going to happen. I mean, I, I, t- I totally agree there. But, I mean, we're talking, there's still f- about 45 days till a trade deadline as of this taping. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not holding this guy right now, right? Because I mean, how many trades happen at this time of year? Maybe a few, but usually not that many. Not till closer to the deadline, and I'm just not holding the nothing he's giving me for two months. You know over what I mean? La- a month and a half. Over the last two seasons, Brandon Knight on averages uh, has finished seventieth and fifty fifth. Um that 55th being his best year on averages. He's 25. Um, the The league has shifted, I also think. So if you look at Brandon Knight compared to those years, it's like, oh, man, 17 points, um, two threes, five assists, uh, one, one, 1.2 steals, the occasional block. That's pretty good. There's more guys doing that this year than there have been in years past. You know, CJ McCollum is way better than than that. I mean, CJ McCollum doesn't really eh, – he might get the occasional block, but he doesn't get as, as many blocks as Brandon Knight does. But CJ McCollum's way better than Brandon Knight, even if Brandon Knight was playing like 35 minutes a game. Like wh- even if Brandon Knight comes and uh, goes to the Bulls and is the starter, let's say, or goes to any team and becomes the starter, plays 34 minutes a night, his is his upside – is a standard league player, but not an not an all star standard, not a top fifty player. Right, he's a top seventy five player, probably. Yeah, right like, on that so, cost. 
So holding on to a top 75 player in the hopes that he gets traded makes much, much less sense than I would say, Oh, here's a question. Would you rather, if you had a, if you're on a roto league and you have a roster spot, would you rather hold on to Brandon Knight? So when you, you can kind of quantify how good he might be a top 70, 75 player just on the, the chance he might get traded. Or would you rather have Ben Simmons who is injured, who will play probably, but you don't know what you're going to get out of Ben Simmons, but he's got high, high potential. Ben Simmons or Brandon Knight? Oh, that's a good question. I'm going, I'm going for Ben Simmons because I'm not sure that Phoenix gets the value they think they need for Brandon Knight in a trade. Hmm. That's probably true. So you think they just hold on to him? Yeah. Like, why not? Why not wait until the market changes? Exactly. I think that you know that they don't want to give him away for what other teams are are willing to pay, and they think he's a better player than that. But they don't really have the room to play him, so I think they just keep him. Yeah, why not have an asset on your bench who does play well off the bench, um, and retains value? It's it's not like his value's good. A, he's twenty five. It's not like he's at the end of his ropes. Like he's still got a lot of career left ahead of him. And you might get more, you might get more value with them on the off season, depending on what's going on. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's pure speculation by me. I mean, they might find yeah. the trade tomorrow, but that's just the way I'm looking at it. I, I would, I would agree with you that there is a better chance of Ben Simmons playing this year than Brandon Knight getting traded. I would agree with you there. I would. I disagree that Philly is going to be in any rush to get Ben Simmons 35 minutes a night, throw him out there, get him reps, get him to maximize his fantasy potential. And if there was an injury on, on the Suns, or if he gets traded, so if you, if you put that, is there a more likely chance there's an injury or a trade? I'd say it's maybe closer closer to even – than Ben Simmons playing, um, you know, plus 30 minutes a game, getting full fantasy value out of him. I don't know if you're going to get fantasy value out of a rookie. It's it's rare. It happens, but it's rare. Out of a rookie who's playing 25 at most, 25 minutes a game for a month or so? Oh, yeah. I mean, I totally agree there. Um, this The Ben Simmons thing, I mean, just he looks like he may be a f- Phenomenal player. Yes. Um, and and I'm going to just kind of take the upside shot on that just because I don't think Brandon Knight's ceiling is super, super high. Yeah, if you're in a keeper league, this is not a debate. Um, but I think I would, go, I would go with Brandon Knight simply because he, especially if I'm in a bigger league where guys who play 20 minutes matter, um, I'd go with Brandon Knight. But in standard league, I, I, would, I don't think I'd put either one of them at the end of my bench in a roto league. But if I had to choose between the two, I'd go with I'd go with Brandon Knight simply because I I know he is capable if he gets the shot. I don't know if Ben Simmons is capable, and I don't even know if Ben Simmons is going to get the a full shot. All fair points. We'll agree to disagree. That was the greatest segment of the 2017 year. Why you own him? <laughs> um, great name. Um, 
so I think that's that's really all we got for tonight. Is there any, is there anything else? Is there anything you need to plug? I know you got some writing on hashtag basketball. Um, yes, I have a new article that just went up today on Alan Crabb um, and why the Portland Trail Blazers made a terrible decision in matching that contract. The Alan Crabb. What's I, I have to go read that because looking at his fantasy value, um, he seems all right. He seems okay. Um, I, have, I, I don't watch enough Portland basketball to know if he's actually a good role player. Um, he, he is an okay but not exceptional role player, and he's actually playing worse than he played last season, which is disappointing for a young guy. And he is the 23rd highest paid player in the NBA right now. Good Lord. Yes. So that is why it's a terrible, terrible contract. I felt that way I, I, when the Bulls didn't really pay anybody any money until Dwayne Wade fell in their lap. I was actually kind of on board with that because you started looking at these contracts like Alan Crabb's contract or Timothy Modscoff's contract, which is even worse, I think. Um, and it's just being like, I understand this is the new NBA and these players, I fully stand behind the fact that these players deserve this type of money. It's supply and demand. That's how unions work and that's how, if you're the best NBA player in the world, you deserve to make uh, the money that you would bring in from your talents. But a lot of these things were coming across way, way overpriced, even with the adjusted salary. Um, and you, do you really want that much cap tied up in someone like Alan Crabb? And so if you, if you want to find out more about Alan Crabb, go read Tyler's article on hashtag basketball.com. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually a really interesting um, article, and I think that you guys will find some, some very interesting hypotheses I made um, in it just about his contract and, and why I think that it's really bad. Are you a huge Portland fan, or are you just hitting the beat? Um, I am not a Portland fan at all. and yeah. I actually enjoy they're... watching Portland play in the sense that they're the, the ultimate shootout team, right? Not much defense, a ton of offense. Yeah, and I, I kind of like some of the, the weird motion they run in their sets. Um, it's it's refreshing because you can see it. Like if you watch enough of it, you're like, oh, that was a cool little play that didn't make a lot of sense, but it worked. Uh, and I don't know if it's just working because Lillard and McCollum are so good. Uh, but it's refreshing after watching Thibodeau's offense and now watching Hoiberg's <laughs> offense. It's cool to see people trying new things. Yeah, no, they're a very fun team to watch. So if you haven't seen Portland this year, I would recommend going out and checking them out a couple times. They're, they're a very fun team. I, uh, have they been into town yet? I should probably look into that. I know Houston's coming up. Golden State's coming up. We've got a weird – got a nice little set of Houston Clippers and uh, Golden State like in two weeks, in a two-week span coming to Chicago. So that will be fun. Oh, that, that does sound like a great time. I'll probably sell one of those and make a, a little bit of money. Can't blame you there. Uh, where can we find you on Twitter? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Watsy4444. That's four fours, four 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 four. Four fours. I'm trying to confuse everybody. Yes. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at watch the boxes, all one word. Uh, hit, uh, I, I hate to throw you under the bus, but hit us up with fantasy questions. I mean, that's kind of why we're doing this. Uh, feedback for the show, uh, segments that you might want to hear about, questions that you have for us to answer. We'll answer them. We'll answer them on the podcast and maybe give you a shout out on your Twitter name. And if it's a hilarious Twitter name, you're definitely going to get a shout out. So uh, yeah, no, I love answering questions on there. So hit me up anytime. I'll be I'll be on there answering them. There you go. Um, thanks for joining us, everybody, and we will be back later this week with some new segments. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs>